we pray that your Holy Spirit would be encountered, your forgiveness experienced, and your love made known. Amen. Amen. What's in a name? We've been studying names for the last few weeks. We started with Adam, whose name comes from Adamah, dirt, and so he is literally, his name means dirt man. He's made from dirt. And his name tells us that God can create life, even out of the dirt, and breathes life into his nostrils. And then we got to Abraham and Sarah and Isaac. Abram, whose name changed to Abraham, and he goes from glorious father to father of a multitude. Not only is he going to be a good father, but the father of a multitude, because that's the promise God made to him. And Sarai to Sarah, same, from a princess to a princess of a multitude, because she's going to be the mother. And then that promise that God had made to them had not come to fruition yet, but then God tells Abraham and Sarah, you are now going to have this child. Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. I am following through on this promise. And Sarah laughs. Several months later, Sarah gives birth. God has followed through on the promise and the joy that comes with the birth of a child. And she names the child Isaac, which means laughter, because then she says, my friends will laugh with me and God laughs with me in joy. And we all kind of laugh at being really old and trying to raise a child, right? But then they have, so they have Isaac. Isaac has twins, Esau and Jacob. And so last week we looked at Jacob, whose name means heel or cheater, because that's who he was. He cheats his brother out of his birthright. He cheats his brother out of the inheritance because Esau was born first. They're twins. And then he runs for his life. Everything sort of works out for him. God tells him to come back. He's afraid that his brother Esau is going to kill him when he comes home. He even offers up part of his family, gets crafty about it, but he finds himself by the river at night and he wrestles with God. And he gets a blessing. And in that blessing, he gets a name, a new name. And his name goes from Jacob to Israel. And Israel means wrestles with God. And so that promise that came to Abraham then through Isaac, then through Jacob, which we pick all that theme back up in today's reading. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and beyond. But that name means that the people of God, those descendants that would be as numerous as the stars, that was the promise to Abraham, or even to Jacob, that his descendants would be as numerous as the grains of sand on the beach. Immeasurable. But the name of that people we pick up today in Exodus, the Israelites. It's a promise that God made. Have you thought about promises? We're church-going people. Surely we follow through on our promises all the time. There might have been this once. But we remember when folks don't follow through on their promise to us. In 1996, I made a promise to my five-year-old nephew. I was living in an apartment in Goodlettsville. 
or as he called it, you know, Uncle Eddie's apartment. <laughs> and I would babysit for him once in a while. And I'd promised that before I moved to Columbus, Ohio to go to seminary, that one more time that summer I would take him to the pool. About two weeks out, before it was time for me to move, I was talking to my brother, and he looked at me and said, you remember your promise. I went, what promise? He said, your promise to my son, that you would take him to your apartment and take him swimming. I went, yes, I remember that promise. And he said, you're planning on following through with that, right? Because my five-year-old son is going to be severely disappointed if you don't. And I did. I followed through on that promise. But we learn at a young age what it means when somebody promises us something. And can we trust that person and that promise? The promise to Abraham... Isaac and Jacob. It's the promise not only that your descendants would be great in number, but that they would become a nation that could be a light for the rest of the nations, living the way God wants them to live, blessed to be a blessing to the world. That's the short story version. Go read all of Genesis. And that catches you up to where we pick up this story a little bit in Exodus. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob has many sons. One of them is named Joseph. Joseph is dad's favorite by a long ways. Joseph gets special treatment. Joseph rubs it in his brother's face that he gets special treatment. Joseph, whose name means God will save us. Joseph then gets beat up by his brothers and left for dead for rubbing it in their face all the time. Joseph goes, gets found by gypsies who carry him into Egypt and basically sell him into servitude, into slavery. And he works his way up the corporate Egyptian ladder from there to becoming basically Pharaoh's right hand. It's an incredible story. Read the rest of Genesis. But when the famine comes for Joseph's brothers and into Egypt, Joseph had the wisdom to tell Pharaoh to store up food, so Egypt still had food. Joseph's family, thinking he's dead, has no idea, goes to Egypt to look for food. And who's there with the food? Joseph. Great story. Forgives his brothers, provides food. But they have to come, in a sense, then to where the food is, to come and get it. And so the Israelite people are now in Egypt. Exodus chapter 1. A long time passes. Joseph has died. His peers from his family have died. And we move on. We're not told how many generations, but the Israelites are growing in number and growing in number and growing in number. And what was the promise God made? That you would be the father of a multitude to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the multitude is coming. The multitude is starting to show Right there in Egypt. So much so that Pharaoh has a problem with it. And the part of the story we leave out. Pharaoh then looks and says, take every firstborn male and kill it. Because this growth 
of these people invading our land, they're just going to take over. There's going to be so many of them. Moses is born, gets floated down the river to save his life, gets found in Pharaoh's family, right? Then gets raised in Pharaoh's house, sees the oppression of the Hebrew people and knows his Hebrew history as well, knows that he has this dual citizenship. But when he sees the oppression and one of the masters then of the slaves, one of the overseers of the slaves and how he treats the Hebrew people, the Israelites, Moses kills him. He can't take the injustice and takes justice into his own hands, which makes him a murderer. Which means, by law, he's a dead man. So Moses runs away. And that's where we pick up the story. Moses has run away to save his own life. Started over. Got a wife. Had a kid, shepherding a flock. And then we have the burning bush. The famous story of the burning bush that gets Moses' attention. The bush that seems to be on fire, but the fire doesn't consume it. Something magnificent, special is happening here, and Moses goes to investigate, and the voice of God comes from the bush and speaks to Moses and says, All right, I want you to go back to Egypt. Put yourself in Moses' sandals. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I like being alive. I like living in Pharaoh's house. That was kind of a lavish, nice upbringing, right? First world. But hey, second world problems beats being dead. (laughs) Not going back to Egypt. God says, I will be with you. And then the name. Well, okay. Moses has the objections. And there's several of them. But the ones we focus on today is like, no, if I go back, I might die. I will be with you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your ancestors. This is not a new story. You're just in the middle of the stream of the story, and I will be with you. I have heard my people cry. And the Bible tells us God not only heard their cry, but God understood. It's a key verse that God heard their cry and God understood. But you have to understand what the cry of the people was. What was it? We're suffering. But underneath that, not only are we suffering, but we are your people, the people of the promise, the people of the covenant. And the covenant promise was not only that there would be a lot of you, but that they would have a home. Now, there are a lot of them, but they don't have a home. They don't have a place to call home. And that was part of the promise. So underneath their cries, they cry out to God was, do you remember your promise? And take that one step further. It's not hard to imagine to go, not only do you remember, do you remember your promise? Are you going to follow through on that promise? 
And if not, why not? And if not, do you even exist? You can hear the whole people of God wrestling. The Israelites, it's in their name, in their suffering. They're wrestling with God. How are we in this situation? How have you not come through yet? Do you even exist? And so when Moses says, okay, okay, if, if I go back there, they're going to say, you're God. What's your God's name? Give me a name. And we get that name that you can see on the screens. Y-H-W-H. Right? When you put that many consonants together, it's hard to pronounce. Don't even say it. That we sometimes translate Jehovah or Yahweh. And the fun that the Hebrew and the Bible scholars have with it when you pick up different translations of your Bible. I am that I am. I am what I will be. I will be who I will be. The tense just all goes away. It is a now and a future tense. So try and translate that in English. It doesn't. I don't think it's supposed to. But that name, and then, and then says, remind them that the God of Abraham, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the one that is sending you. Those are the words, the bush, that God speaks to Moses. You ever think about that? I am. Just I am. I exist. That's what it means. I exist. So when God says, I exist, and that's the name given to Moses, what God is speaking to God's people is when you are suffering, when you are hurting, when you are wondering when the relief will come, will I remember my promise? Will I come through for you? When you begin to doubt that I'm even here, God gives us the name, yes. I exist. Yes, I am here. Yes, I have heard my people cry. And we know how this story turns out, right? Moses eventually goes back to Pharaoh. There's plagues until Pharaoh relents, lets the Israelites go, and then decides, no, I'm not going to let them go. So sends the army after the Israelites. The Red Sea parts. Moses and the people pass through. The Red Sea closes, drowns the part of Pharaoh's army that was there. And now there's a separation. And then they are on their way to the promised land. Okay, it's going to be a long journey after that still. But the people will worship on that mountain. Like it said in today's reading, you will bring the people back here and they will worship on this mountain. And they will know I exist. And they will know I keep my promises. And they will know I love them. One of the things we brought out in Jacob's story that comes through this is to remember that this isn't just history. This is our story. This is the story of God's people. For all of us in the Judeo-Christian tradition, this is our story. This is our God. We are God's people. 
as Christians in the waters of baptism, there's the promise that you are a child of God, loved by God forever. The promise of salvation in Jesus Christ who gave his life for us is only as good as the one making the promise. And while it may take generations, the promise will come through. It always has. God always comes through. I think the deep lesson for us and one of the deepest lessons for me is sometimes when we have those events or tragedies in life and we go, God, where are you? How could you? This is one of those Bible verses that is supposed to speak to us. God says, I have heard your cry and I am with you. So much so that we just shorten it to, I am. I exist. I am here. I love you. Christ on the cross is the fullness of the proof of God's love for us. So when you find yourself in that place of wondering and suffering, yeah, that's my phone with an ESPN notification. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the pastor forgot to turn his phone off. (laughs) But the promise of God's love is as good as the one who made it. The promise of God, I am. You make that connection underneath that cry, Lord, we are suffering. Lord, we are still here. Lord, we need you. Lord, where are you? Lord, do you exist? And God's answer and giving a name is a simple yes. Yes, I am here. Yes, I love you. Yes, I have never forgotten about you. Yes, I will deliver you in this life and in the next. Amen.